have a strange craving for a pretzel. May the Lord be with you. Please pray with me. Loving God, patient and constant, you continually endure in love for your world. And though we may struggle and resist, create in us that same loving endurance so that we may love who and what you love with the love you reveal to us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I recently became a part of a small fellowship of seminary students. We meet every couple of weeks or so to fellowship through prayer and conversation, to seek advice, to discern the will of God, to allow the Spirit to speak to us through the others. And through trusted people, we invite to join in our conversations. Uh, It's a blessing, and I'm grateful for the time these people give to me. I admire and care for them. But as we approach the end of this semester, I do see a change in our dynamic. We've all been studying for several years, and during our meeting last week, I sensed that we all seemed a bit more tired, a bit more pressured, uh, that our responsibilities are weighing just a bit more heavily on each of us. Our academic journeys have been long. And though one of our reasons for meeting is to talk about how we might continue our education when this season of study is finished, we're not thinking much about the distant future right now. Right now, we're just wondering how we endure for the next month. I doubt that I'm the only one in the group who has thought, wouldn't it be nice to have a moment just to leave all brain activity behind? Who's thought, am I going to get this all finished? Who's thought, maybe I should just take my bike and stow away on a cargo ship to Peru and take it to the top of a mountain and in a zen-like state, descend stopping to greet the occasional chinchilla. That one was mine. We each in our own way are struggling to endure, to maintain our creativity, to fulfill our responsibilities and duties in study and in life. We know there's a bigger story. We know that this time that we spend, this effort we put in, is an act of worship, a process of being formed by the Spirit, but I admit I don't think of that fact often right now. 
And the past few weeks has brought for me many conversations about the struggle to endure. I've spoken to those dealing with illness and with the death of loved ones, with the effects of broken relationships, with uncertainty about the future, with a sense of helplessness in the face of ever-increasing demands. And of course, COVID continues to cast its shadow, adding to life's regular challenges, a sense of disconnection, isolation, change, forcing us to live a life that is, as my father would say, unnatural. And then we enter Lent. which is supposed to be this opportunity to examine ourselves. And many have entered this season, if you practice it, feeling that you were already there. Pastor Ryan mentioned those who have said to him recently, life is Lent. And we start talking about what Lent is. This season in which we are invited to an internal check-in to hold hands with the Spirit as we examine our lives, our faults, our struggles, our longings, our sin. We are invited to follow in this way of Christ to lay bare our souls as we consider the ways that Christ has laid bare his soul for us. perhaps in the midst of our lives right now, not just as individuals, but as communities of faith. That exercise seems distant. An echo of a good idea. I don't think we're rejecting the idea of spiritual self-examination. But perhaps, as spiritual self-examination is wont to do, It just feels far off, like a lofty concept, which sounds wonderful, but just outside the reality of our lives. In this congregation, the Lenten season has given us the chance to explore the temptations of Jesus, that 40 days, famous in Christian circles during which Jesus fasts and meets the tempter in the wilderness. That 40 days. It reveals Christ's love for us and for the world and teaches us, apparently, something about how to live. That 40 days. During which Christ was tempted to forget the bigger story he was central to. just to resort to simple self-preservation, to prove himself in a passing bit of magic, to embrace self-serving power, to escape having to endure. And in all this, 
Christ maintains his focus, his view of the bigger story. He chooses the long game of endurance, of self-sacrifice and love, rather than the quick fix to the problems he faces in the moment. This is a lived example of what the writer of Hebrews, the preacher, as some have called him, says makes Jesus the high priest of creation. Our high priest. As we emerge from the season of Lent, perhaps this text might give us one more perspective on embracing what it means to follow Jesus. Beginning of the text uh, Lindsay just read may leave us with some particular ideas of what it means to follow Jesus. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. Some of our 21st century views of faithfulness may leave the impression that God is keeping an eye out to see whether or not we can achieve some vaguely defined ethereal holiness. And I want to suggest that Hebrews is telling a different story. Still one of responsibility and choice to follow Jesus. But responsibility and choice grounded in hope and intimacy. It tells a story of fullness of life in the midst of struggle and suffering and sin. It tells a story of where spiritual endurance is located, not in ourselves, but in Christ. Hebrews seems to be a letter to a group of Christians who were perhaps near Rome, They faced persecution and threat, or would soon face persecution and threat, and they faced marginalization from their society. They're struggling with endurance, struggling to live within the wider story of God. The preacher sends this letter to encourage them to continue following Christ, to continue to bring forward God's kingdom despite their struggles, despite their weariness, despite their doubt. And Hebrews 4 serves serves as a hinge for the message of the letter, the exhortation to enter God's rest and to hold to their faith in Christ. The way to this endurance, to resist the temptation to let go of their connection to God's movement in the world is in the unity Christ has with them. Endurance, the writer tells these Christians, isn't beyond their grasp because Christ 
is not beyond their grasp. His qualities aren't as distant and ethereal as they seem. Instead, the fact that Jesus endures breaks the barrier between God and the Hebrews. It means not that God has come near only in some spiritualized or magical sense. It means that God in Christ has entered into and shares their existence. All their temptation, all their weariness, all their dishonor. Now God knows in full humanity the human temptation to power, to self-protection, to comfort at the expense of others. Because of Christ, God shares their experience fully. And because he has done all this, Christ has become the high priest and he is near to them. When we think of sympathy, we may think of it as relating emotionally to someone else's struggle. When the writer of Hebrews says that the high priest sympathizes with their weaknesses, he means much more than that. What he means here is active and continual help. Christ is their access to divine endurance. And so now, even though they doubt and fear and want to give up, they need not think there is nothing more than that to their story. Rather, they can continually offer to God their doubt and their fear and their urge to abandon their faith as worship. A perfectly acceptable form of worship, which will be welcomed by God with open arms. And God will respond to that worship by granting new power to endure. And we too are called to endurance. For some, this call is known as one to be feared or resisted. And if that's so for you, I would suggest that this letter to the Hebrews helps us to reframe that call. I would suggest that to fear this call is to misunderstand it. We need not fear that call to live as redeemed people. Because the incarnate Christ has entered fully into our existence and all its mess and imperfection and has endured, does endure for us and for the world. We do not endure to secure God's favor. We are empowered and enabled to endure in living out God's gracious rule even in the most difficult of times, because Jesus has endured before us. And so even in these days, 
we can know that, as the psalmist said, God receives our contrite hearts as a precious gift. It is in the searching of our deepest, darkest parts, our places of doubt, our places of self-service, our places of sin. That the high priest draws near. We may offer as worship our personal struggle. And the struggle of our community and be strengthened in return. And in being strengthened, maybe find ourselves able to do one more thing. To cook one more meal for our family. To spend one more day healing others in our workplaces. To help our children with one more night of homework. to help our parents with one more word of appreciation. And yes, to write one more paper. And if we offer all we are as worship, even our brokenness, even in these days, maybe we'll be able to muster up the energy for one more Zoom call or one more socially distanced walk with a friend, or one more hot dog over a fire in a park, in a park sitting in chairs six feet apart, perhaps to hear the story of a friend or loved one and to care for them, or perhaps to tell our story and be cared for by them. And if we offer all that we are as worship, perhaps these days may serve as opportunities to heal and strengthen our broken relationships. Perhaps even if we are weary, we'll find that bit of extra oomph to open ourselves to deeper connection and intimacy. And as we grow in unity by caring for each other, perhaps we as a congregation will be inspired and empowered by the Spirit to love and bless our community in new ways. Maybe the stories we tell each other will move us to care for creation just a little bit better. And perhaps all this might just give us a fuller and deeper and richer love. a more complete knowledge of our high priest who knows our struggle and joins with us most fully and is the channel 
through which the fullness of God comes to live in us. May it be so. Amen.